Hey there, it's Carrie. A number of you have noticed that these jury duty episodes have been getting shorter, and I want to take a minute to explain why. First, I want to assure you that our coverage remains just as in-depth as it was when we started two years ago with the Durst trial. But we have limited resources. So, in order to maintain a five-episode-per-week schedule and to sustain the quality of the work, we've decided to make the episode shorter. That said, in the very near future, we plan to launch an ad-free Patreon streaming option, which will also include a lot of exclusive content. If you'd like to know more about that, subscribe to this feed or subscribe to our newsletter at crimestory.com. Thanks again for listening and for your tremendous support. Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was charged with the reckless homicide of Joseph Rosenbaum, the intentional homicide of Anthony Huber, and the attempted intentional homicide of Gage Grosskreutz. As Rittenhouse was the undisputed shooter of all three men, his legal team argued that the shootings were in self-defense. In our last episode, we looked at the beginning of defense attorney Corey Sharafasi's cross-examination of Corey Washington, a social media influencer who live-streamed video from the chaotic streets of Kenosha on the night of August 25th and was within earshot of the shootings of Rosenbaum, Huber, and Grosskreutz. In this episode, we continue to explore Sharafasi's cross of Washington, and we also take a look at the redirect and recross-examinations of the witness. That's all coming up right after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. During the first 25 minutes of his cross-examination, Rittenhouse attorney Corey Sharafasi tried to guide Corey Washington's testimony to support the defense narrative on an array of subjects related to the night of the shootings, including that Rittenhouse was not alone in his violation of curfew, that the presence of armed individuals like Rittenhouse deterred looters and arsonists from damaging businesses, that Washington's skateboard, like Anthony Huber's, could be used as a weapon, that there were people throwing dangerous projectiles amid the chaos, that a dumpster fire near a gas station was dangerous, that Joseph Rosenbaum was agitated that the fire was extinguished, that Rosenbaum was acting in an erratic manner, and that Rittenhouse was relatively calm. Throughout his testimony, Washington has been courteous and precise, taking care to maintain his own description of events and not to cede the narrative to either of the attorneys. As we pick up Sharafasi's cross of Washington, he drills down on the behaviors of Rittenhouse and Rosenbaum in response to the various fires that were set on the night of August 25th, 2020. As the video of Washington's live stream plays, we see Kyle Rittenhouse, armed with a fire extinguisher, walking south on Sheridan Road, one of the main streets in Kenosha. Sharafasi freezes the frame. So that's Mr. Rittenhouse walking right now, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's, yeah. So, he's not, in your opinion on this, he's not chasing anyone, is he? 
no, it looks like he's headed in a direction. Is it fair to say that when you observe him, he's walking like you or I would just be walking if we were going somewhere? That's what it appears to be. Okay. So he, in your opinion, again, he doesn't appear to be hurried or he doesn't appear to be going after someone, correct? Uh, at this moment, it doesn't appear to be that he's rushing any longer, no. Okay. you play it, please? And he's got the fire extinguisher in his hand. Did you see that? Uh, I mean, it looks, yeah, it looked like he was still holding whatever he was holding when he was holding a fire extinguisher before, so I imagine he did not swap it out for something else. Okay. You just keep it right Was there a fire going right there? Uh, I'm not sure. Can you replay it? Yeah, it looks like there's a little garbage fire there, yes. Next, Shirovsky tries to guide Washington's testimony towards an acknowledgement that Joseph Rosenbaum was using his shirt to try to disguise himself and not as COVID protection. So now Mr. Rosenbaum, we agree that's Mr. Rosenbaum. So now Mr. Rosenbaum here, can you see? Please. I don't know if you saw, if you remember when I asked you about it, that helps me care for you. Mm -hmm. No longer has his shirt on, correct? Uh, that's what it looks like. Does it appear to you, and it wasn't asked by Mr. Binger, but that his shirt's wrapped around his face now, or around his head? It could be around his head or around his, like, neck area or something like that. Agree you can't see that person's face. Is that fair? Not really. No. Yeah, that's fair. As the video gets to the moments where we hear the shots fired, Shirovsky pauses the recording and asks Washington. Did you hear? You heard a shot, correct? Yes, yes. And then do you hear somebody yell, fuck you? Yeah, I heard that, yeah. Okay. Yes. Then, and do you know who said that? N no. Okay. I just, it sounds like a male. Okay, a male voice yells that. Yeah. You hear that. Okay. Mm. And we've established that Mr. Zeminski was the one who, do you know who that is? Who fired the first shot? I heard about that. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be able to point him out, but I heard about that happening, yeah. Okay. Again, the defense attorney is using Washington's testimony to lay the groundwork for the narrative that Kyle Rittenhouse was reasonable in fearing for his life. Next, he tries to pin Washington down on his observations of the difference between the demeanors of Rittenhouse and Joseph Rosenbaum. So can I just ask you this, and I don't know, you said that you kind of at least took mental note mm. of yes. Mr. Rittenhouse maybe because of his age, because of the gloves, things like that. Um, so I took a mental note of people that kind of stood out, like, again, like people that were acting erratic, like, I suppose, Mr. Rosenbaum, or people, the little things that sit out, like chain smoking with gloves on and stuff, you know? Okay. So can I ask you this? You described, if I have it right, you described Rosenbaum as acting erratic, right? So from all of the moments that I was around that you could notice, yes. Okay. Other than smoking with gloves on, anything that Kyle Rittenhouse did that you noticed that was in any way erratic, threatening, use any term you want. Um, use any term that you want to describe. Anything that was out of the ordinary about his behavior. I would, the only thing I could say that was, I, I don't and maybe it's, uh, to be fair, like, this is just, I suppose, my opinion. He just seemed like he was young and, like, he didn't know exactly, like, what was going on. And because he was smoking so much and he 
again, the glo- if he didn't have the gloves on, maybe I wouldn't have noticed as much, but I just don't know why, like in the situation, why you would have gloves on. Maybe there's some technical reason or something that you may know, but to me, that's just what st- stood out to me. Okay. Not saying that I felt like, oh, this is a guy that's going to go around and mow a bunch of people down or anything like that. I just was like, oh, that's interesting. Let me take a note of that. And when he ran by, I was like, oh, I went in my Rolodex in my head, like, oh, I remember this guy from before. Is there any anyone chasing him or anything? No. Maybe there's something happening down that way. So I just headed in that direction, not necessarily focusing on him per se, but focusing on possibly there's a situation in that direction in terms of what he did he didn't act erratic to you i mean for, I chain smoking it? cigarettes is kind of a behavioral thing okay so other i mean it's not like you don't necess- necessarily have to engage with people to have mannerisms and things like that so the thing that stuck out to you you described rosenbaum as erratic and if this is fair and rittenhouse as chain smoking Yes? As, as I, I suppose you could say nervous, I guess, would be a fairer way to say it. He seemed nervous in the situation. One thing that Washington does not mention here is that Rittenhouse's nervous chain smoking near a gas pump took place while the 17-year-old had a semi-automatic rifle strapped to his chest. Shirafasi wraps up his cross, and Prosecutor Thomas Binger approaches the lectern for redirect examination. Binger seems to believe that it's important to get the witness to clarify that the dumpster fire was never a threat to the gas station. We saw in the video that um, there were a couple of, at least one dumpster at one point that was set on fire on the road. Where did that dumpster come from? I believe the the parking lot of the ultimate gas station. So there's a like a commercial building right next to it, and there's like dumpsters that are typically stationed right there. Could you point on this map to where you believe those dumpsters were originally located before they were pulled out in the street? So you are indicating the ultimate gas station on the southeast corner of 60th and Sheridan, and you're pointing along what appears to be the south side of that parking lot uh, next to the uh, the Boost Mobile and Check and Go building. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So if someone wanted to start a fire in a dumpster and push it towards the gas station, they wouldn't need to pull the dumpster out into the road, would they? No. Binger next tries to diffuse Shirovacy's questions to Washington about his skateboard. You indicated that you had a skateboard that night, correct? Yes, correct. Did you ever use it as a weapon? Never. In your video, it appears there are several other people that had skateboards as well, is that right? Yeah. Did you see a lot of people using skateboards that night to get around? Yes. Did you see anyone else using it as a weapon? No. Is it fair to say that the folks there that night were primarily using their skateboards like eight-year-old kids do to skate around on? Yeah, yes. 
we will return to this line of Binger's questions during our weekly recap. But for now, it is worth noting that Binger appears to be responding to the defense narrative with his questions, rather than trying to assert one of his own. Next, he tries to get Washington to differentiate between Washington's observations of Joseph Rosenbaum on the night of August 25th and information he has gathered from media resources since that time. You were also asked about uh, Mr. Rosenbaum several times, and I want to clarify something because I think there was a little bit of confusion about uh, your perception of Joseph Rosenbaum that night. So let me just ask you, okay? I think you've testified that since that night, you have seen other videos showing Mr. Rosenbaum uh, at various times that night. Is that fair to say? Yes. And you're, you would agree with me that in your video, he is seen uh, at various times, including at Ultimate Gas. Yes. I know it's hard, but I want you to put yourself back in the mindset of that night when you're taking that video. At that time, did you take any notice of Joseph Rosenbaum? No. From the video that we have, the moments that I saw him, he appeared to be operating like everyone else, maybe. Could we go to uh, that timestamp that I indicated? I think it was 56, something like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let me turn on all the monitors again. I think they... What I'd like to do is play the portion of the video uh, that shows you leaving Ultimate Gas heading south on Sheridan Road. We've already established that the individual that is shown up here is the defendant, Kyle Rittenhouse. And just off the screen to the right, we saw an individual who's been identified as Richie McGinnis. So I'm just reestablishing that for everybody. Um, can we continue forward now, please? Binger concludes his redirect by taking on Shiravasi's suggestion that Joseph Rosenbaum was using his shirt to try to mask his identity and that Rosenbaum was the aggressor towards Kyle Rittenhouse. We've already established also that this individual that I'm going to point to is Joseph Rosenbaum. Would you agree with me, Mr. Washington, that as you pass by the defendant and Joseph Rosenbaum heading south on Sheridan Road, that the sequence of individuals is Mr. Rosenbaum is further south ahead of the defendant, Mr. Rittenhouse. Correct, yes. In this photograph, we see a house in the background. Is that right? Yes. Now, if you could take a look at the map that is on the easel there. Um, would you agree with me that in this video, we are the, the point of view is you are looking west across Sheridan Road? Yes. With the laser pointer, can you show us uh, the block on the west side of Sheridan Road that has houses in it? That is the block between 61st and 62nd Street, is that correct? Yes. So at this point in the video, would you agree with me that you are on the east side of Sheridan Road, heading south, somewhere in that block between 61st and 62nd Street. Yes. Final question I have for you is, you were asked about what Mr. Rosenbaum is wearing on his face, and I think you indicated that his face was obscured by the shirt. Mm. Is that right? Yes. Were you wearing a mask that night? Yes, yeah, you could tell by my voice. I was muffled the entire night, yeah. And this was in August of 2020 when there was a lot of COVID yeah. going around, correct? Yes, yeah. Is it fair to say that a lot of people that night had face coverings? Yes. I have nothing further. 
Shiravasi rises for redirect and immediately challenges the implications of the prosecutor's last set of questions. So, Mr. Washington, in that picture that you see there, um, you're not asserting that Mr. Rosenbaum is using that as a COVID mask, are you? With that he's wearing a shirt over his face for as a COVID mask? I, I'm going to object, Your Honor. I think that calls for speculation as well, Mr. Rosenbaum. You don't know why he's put that, that he's wrapped his shirt no. around his face, do you? No. Okay. And you were asked by uh, Attorney Binger in terms of the direction that people are heading that Mr. Rosenbaum is further south than Mr. Rittenhouse in that picture, right? Yes. Okay. You'd agree on that video. It doesn't appear that Mr. Rittenhouse is chasing Mr. Rosenbaum, does it? No, it doesn't. It appears they, like multiple other people, are simply walking south. Agreed? Yes. Okay. Shirafasi then shows the witness a photograph and pivots back to his suggestion that Rosenbaum wore his shirt as a mask for some vague but nefarious reasons. This appears to be a picture of, what is this, a toppled vehicle? No, that's not. That's a fire by some wood and there's a dumpster here and people around it. Okay. And if I could just direct your attention to there's a person there wearing a blue, blue, like a, would you say that's a bandana? Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Blue okay. bandana, I'm sure. Um, no objection to the idea. So if I told you uh, that we agree that that's Joseph Rosenbaum in that picture, okay? So Joseph Rosenbaum at that point is wearing a, you agree, a blue bandana over his face. Yes. Do you agree with that? Yep. Yeah. Judge, I would mark and move, I would move 36. Objection? No. So, Mr. Washington, so this is, that's Mr. Rosenbaum right there, right? Yes. Okay. So some people were covering their faces for protection from COVID using those type of bandanas that night, right? Yes. Did you see anybody using their shirt to do the same thing? Possibly, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not, probably not. Okay. I mean, there's, other, other than Joseph Rosenbaum, I, I assume you, you're implying, right? Yeah. No, no, maybe, yes, now that I recall. Okay. Mr. Washington, thank you for your time, sir. While Corey Washington took great pains to control his own testimony and resisted efforts by the attorneys to guide or manipulate his observations, the strength and clarity of the narrative offered by the defense appeared to give Corey Shirafasi the upper hand in weaving Washington's experience into his assertion that Joseph Rosenbaum was acting erratically on the night of August 25, 2020. That concludes this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. But we will have a lot more to talk about on our weekly recap as my guest once again is Professor of Law and Director of the Criminal Defense and Prisoner Advocacy Clinic at Georgetown University, Abby Smith. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You can find more information about this trial at CrimeStory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced by Chris Taracone and Aaron Karenik. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. The episode was edited by Chris Taracone. Music for the episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs>